vampirism was a sexually transmitted disease. I'd be safe. <laughs> I don't get diseases, man. I'm not fucking it up these days. <laughs> I'm not promiscuous enough. I'm locked in, man. Yeah, that's true. Me too. Yeah. Ten years of, mon- of well, m- marriage. And then... Oh, man. I noticed you did not years. say monogamy. Yeah, I was going to say, let's, let's see how big of a hole that. you dig. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. No, That's no, cool. it's all monog- monogamous. Um, yeah, but 16 years. That's a long time. If you were a vampire, would you be more inclined to fuck around? I think I would. I, I think what happens is, since you're immortal, like relationships kind of open up. Because you're like, I'm always going to be here. Right? Right, right. right. So... I'm committed to you when I can kind of like do other stuff, man. Mad respect for the vampire who like stays with one person until they die. You know what I mean? How do you live that life? How do you be in a relationship like that and live that life when your ass ain't aging? Like it's like, it's very obvious to the other person, right? <laughs> They're like, yeah, I think oh, shit. You still look 25. Cool. I think you like automatically become polyamorous when you get vampires. I think that's just the way it works. Could be. I watched a Henry Rollins movie recently uh, Uh called He Never Died. And uh, it's on Netflix if you want to check it out. It's it's like a C movie, right? But it's solid. Henry Rollins is a... uh, is an immortal who has lived through like, you know, t- dozens and dozens of lifetimes been around, you know, since forever. And, uh, he has to drink blood to like satisfy whatever sort of thirst he has. They don't really describe what he is. If he's just like an immortal or if he's like a vampire or what he's not a vampire sure. vampire. Cause he walks around during the day. So I don't know, man. But, uh, anyway, it's a really good movie. Henry Rollins like rips the dude's dick off at some point in that movie through his pants. It's pretty intense. Through the pants. Yeah, That's like like impressive. grabs like grabs his joint. He's got two dudes trying to rob him and he's sitting on a bed. He reaches up and grabs one dude's junk and he grabs the other dude's gun with his hand and like points it away and the dude fires and it like blows his hand up and shit and he like rips the other dude's dick off. It's it's a great movie. At some point he rips a throat out just with his bare hand and then just eats the throat part that he ripped out, which is pretty good. Huh. Henry Rollins is okay. He sounds like a vampire. Quite literally. Yeah. Can we just talk about Henry Rollins? No, we can't. Welcome to Geek Squatch, everybody. This is uh, Spooktober. Uh, we're going to be talking about those good old blood boys, vampires, mm. all month long. Um, tonight, we are talking about the 1998 action movie extravaganza starring the one and only Wesley Snipes. Yes, we're talking about Blade. Yeah, hell yeah! yeah. That I had the novel right there. I had the novelization of this of this movie. No way! Yeah, yeah. In like fourth grade, I remember reading that shit in school and like being completely enraptured. And my teacher was like, "What are you reading? Oh, it's a vampire book." Okay, and she read a couple pages, and it's like full language, full like full tilt. Right? She read yeah. a couple pages of it and was like. I'm not going to tell your mother or the principal or anyone else about this. Like at least you're reading, but also this is awful. (laughs) (laughs) That is Alex Hirsch, who was obviously a troublemaker in elementary school. Um, And also joining us is Jake. What's up, Jake? How's it going guys? Yeah. How you guys, how you guys doing? How you guys been? Uh, I've been good, man. I've been thinking a lot about vampires and sort of, 
there comes a point when being a vampire probably gets old and you just have to come to terms with the fact that like this is your shit forever now because i i like to take solace in the fact that like my life is constantly evolving right like i'm gonna die soon and that's gonna be cool um but they don't have to deal with that shit it's got to be a weird headspace to be in right i i'm with you i haven't thought about that but that's a good point because we all live with an uh inevitable end but to know that it's just going to keep doing the same shit like it'd be like if your car never died and you knew you had to drive that same car for the rest of your life yeah um that's not like that at all it's not <laughs> no uh, that'd be great while i have a platform and probably at least one listener um i do want to go on record and say something yo forza horizon 4 what the fuck put the pontiac fiero in there what are y'all doing that was just a special message just for microsoft in general the 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 most vampire of corporations mm-hmm. did they at least did they at least put the solstice in i don't know I know they have other Pontiac cars, but they didn't put the fucking Fiero in there, which is yeah. like, I wasn't even going to buy the game. I was going to buy the game. Like, and then the day it came out, I looked and saw the Fiero wasn't on the list, did not buy the game. And then I had Xbox Game Pass, so I got it for free. So fucking whatever. The future is Game Pass. That's what they say. So first of all, I want to get consensus on this movie, where you guys are at, you know, where you were when you saw it for the first time or approximately. So let's start with Jake. What do you like this film? What's your general, just general opinion? And when did you see it? So I saw this uh, movie for the first time, like a couple days ago. What? So, yeah, no. Whoa. Yeah, I never saw this growing up. And I, I was thinking about this. I don't really know why. Because I was well aware of it. Uh, definitely knew, um, knew about the movie and was well aware of Wesley Snipes. And that w- should have been enough. For me to be in on this. Um, and I just don't know what it was. I don't know if it was. It was too dark for me at the time. And then never got around to seeing it. Once it was out. When I was more of a teenage age or whatever. But I am all in on this movie. I was, I, I contend I was missing out the whole time. Um, God I'm so glad you're there with me right now. Dude you don't even know. <laughs> I, I fully expected. To get into this movie. And my wife. Just check out, walk into the other room, and she was hooked the whole time. Hell yeah. Wow. Yeah, she was talking about it today. She was like, dude, Blade was awesome. Now what you got to do is go <laughs> yeah. watch Blade 2. Well, yeah. It's got Ron Perlman mm, in it. Yeah, I think it that's does. what we got to do. Trinity is the only one that's not on Netflix right now, right? It's also the one you don't need to see. Uh, you Ryan don't. Reynolds. Jessica Biel, too, right? Yeah. Two, okay. Is it sexier with those two no. people in it? No, you would think it would be. That's disappointing. You're yeah. right. I don't need to see it. There, Triple H is in that movie. Ooh, I do need he to is. see it. Yeah. I forgot about that <laughs> He's got. He's got gold uh, canine teeth. Like Hell yeah, he does. Canine teeth. Gold. This is this is also still like still like Triple H. But long hair Triple H. Long hair yeah. Triple H. No facial hair. He doesn't yeah. look like he's a Sons of Anarchy character. Yeah, it's very good. So very good. I almost wish we had your wife on the show. I'd love since she's like so into it. I think I kind of want to know what she has to say. Um, maybe next time. I, I uh, we can pre-record a message if you'd like and put it in right here. Yes, do it. No, we're not doing that. Oh. <laughs> All, right. All right. What about you, Alex? Obviously, you read the novel in fourth grade, so you've seen the well. Film the novelization, then. right? Of the movie. Yeah. Um, I saw this movie in I guess I guess it would have been fourth grade, ninety eight, whenever it came out. Um, my sensei when I took martial arts. My martial arts instructor um, was like really into 
martial arts movies like in a big way he trained like at some point in his younger years he trained with the guy that ended up playing Liu Kang in the first Mortal Kombat movie and like had ties to all these like C and D list like martial arts dudes in Hollywood um so it was really cool because they would come through the dojo every once in a while whatever but he was like hyped on Blade I guess it was because it was like a black guy lead character you know what I mean uh I don't know. He was like fucking hyped on it though. Like just, you have to go see this movie. It's fucking Wesley Snipes. And I'm like, all right, dude, sure. Um, so he took me and, uh, two of the other people from our class to go see it. And I loved it, dude. Like, like I said, when I was, I was in Walmart, like a few days later with my mom and I was like, mom, you gotta give me this book, dude. It's from the movie blade. It's so good. And you know, yeah, blade rules. I found out recently, this has been like a year ago, two years ago. My friend was dating a girl. She was over here one night telling stories about her ridiculous-ass family. I found out that she had an uncle who was in prison for something whose name was Blade. Like, that's just what he, like, what people call this guy. And I was like, I made like a Chris Christopherson joke or something, you know what I mean? Thinking it's going to absolutely kill at the table. She Nothing. didn't get it. And I'm yeah. like, are you fucking joking? And I, I'm like, like Blade, like the movie Blade, like fucking Chris Christopherson. She's like, I've never seen Blade. Like, how the fuck do you have an uncle named Blade and you've never seen Blade? So I ordered the fucking... The fucking trifecta of Blade movies is actually the, like a like a quad box because I think it had the animated series on there too. But I ordered that shit right there. Came in Amazon Prime next, you know, two day shipping, whatever the fuck. I watched all three of those movies in one day. Fuck them. <laughs> I love Blade. Blade is great. The movie holds up. It was great then. It's great now. This is a fucking great movie. Holy shit. Yeah, so I also think this movie is very good. I saw it in high school. I uh, probably wasn't supposed to. Probably snuck to a friend's house and saw it or something like that. Um, I think I saw it in the theater. My parents probably would be appalled. Um, but this movie is amazing for a variety of reasons we're going to talk about. If you're unfamiliar with Blade, it's about a Dampier which, if you listen to the summer of anime, is the same kind of vampire half-breed that Vampire Hunter D is. But they're different. First of all, we got a black vampire, or Dampiel, um, in Wesley Snipes. And he has slightly different powers than D, and they're much more grounded in reality, obviously, because it's not an anime. Um... But the thing that makes this movie really cool to me now is actually representation. Because if you think about this, 1998, a black man lead kicking ass as a vampire or mm -hmm. half vampire is kind of way out there. Well, and his main supporting actor uh, was also was a black woman who was not yes. like, a, like a damsel in distress figure. She was like very capable and educated and everything like it's it's a pretty progressive movie for something that is literally about vampires and comic books yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of crazy and the aesthetics of this movie like predate the matrix but yeah, in dude, a lot yes. of ways influence it mm -hmm. absolutely this is that this is that fucking weird like you can see you can see the road that travels between blade to the Matrix, to Underworld, to every Hot Topic store for the next five years afterwards. Oh, absolutely. Oh, totally. Yeah, like, black leather jackets start being cool with Blade and then move into, like, uber cool with the Matrix and so on and so forth. Did you know this was a Marvel property back in the day? No, I didn't. Okay. A lot of people don't, and maybe still don't, know that this is actually based on a Marvel 
um, comic and a character created by Marv Wolfman in 19, I believe, 76. Can we talk about the audacity of a name of a man whose name is Wolfman who made a Dracula character or who made a vampire character? Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? His parents have to be so disappointed. <laughs> That's great. I apologize, by the way. It was 1973 in the summer of 1973. Um, oh, which, yes, I remember it well. Yeah, we were all like not even ideas in 73. Um, but like what's crazy about this to me is that character is very different than he became. It kind of morphed over time as a lot of comic book characters do. In the beginning, he was just like, kind of normal his mom died he had enzymes that allowed him to live longer but he didn't have like all the super cool strength and stuff like that um in fact he wasn't even a a main character marvel wolfman like introduced him and then kind of like decided to take him off the table for a while and didn't put him back in the comics for like six months um because he just didn't feel like he understood where the character should go and then he brought him back um, and, uh, and at the, at the same time kind of used, um, the living vampire Morbius as a way to, um, uh, to kind of like pit him against him. Cause Morbius is also kind of like an anti-hero. Well, and one thing, it, if you look at an, the original illustration of Blade, I don't Hell know, yeah. I don't know if you guys looked this yeah. up, um, this I would not be surprised if there was some or uh, significant backlash against this character because he was uh, stereotypical, like black black exploitation. You know, he's got very Luke Cagey. Yeah, huge. You know, not huge, but he's got a large afro. He's wearing like a green shirt and blue pants, ridiculous gold sunglasses. He looks, I, he he looks very. Very troubling. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, it is 1973, so it makes complete sense. And and Marvel did go a go through a huge black exploitation phase, much like DC. It was kind of like the thing to do at the time. Yeah. Um, not that it ages well at all, but um, yeah, it's what happened. So. You know, and over the time, he's become more of a prominent character. But, I mean, still, like, I would call him a C, maybe D level yeah, character in the Marvel sure. Universe. But th- that's what's crazy about this movie to me is that they take a C slash D level Marvel character and turn him into a superstar. Yeah. Dude, everybody knows who Blade is. You know what right. I mean? Somehow, like, I know like, this movie is not like an underground hit or anything. I mean, it was, it was pretty popular people generally like it but it is kind of fucking crazy the amount of people who when they know about when they think about blade you can recall an image immediately and i think it's because a lot of the imagery and marketing was like very well stylized and very very like stark you know what i mean like it like there was a there was an absolute aesthetic to the marketing around this thing and it fucking worked dude like it worked well because i can close my eyes i'm not really good at like visualizing things i can literally close my eyes and visualize blade yeah you know I mean, as a person alive and aware in 1998, this this is the one movie probably that sticks out almost more than anything else that I do at the time was specifically designed and marketed and presented in 1998. It, right, it, this, right. This was very targeted to what was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. And like you said, had a huge influence. And I think I, I never saw the movie when I was a kid and I 
knew I know exactly what Blade looks like. I knew what the movie was gonna be. Um, you know, and it still you know exceeded expectations, but it had that much of a lasting impact. Did you guys? Could you guys find anything on the costume news design or like the the makeup or anything like that? Because, like you were saying, like Blade is very well like almost like sculpted his hair is perfect mm-hmm. the tattoos got the best are, fade ever yeah the best fade ever he's even got like that um like faded like cut part in mm-hmm. his hair and the tattoos on the side of the head while you know little 90s tribal dated are like super iconic mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm envious of a man who can have a very tight very well edged mustache it is a good look yeah yeah, it works well for him. Um, certain people can do it. I cannot. I grow. Yeah, I, I grow. I. I grow a decent, you know, decent enough mustache. It's relatively thick and everything else. But the thing is, is like if I just tried to get that pencil line going, it it doesn't exist. You can't do it. No, was, mine is also too scruffy. I was gonna say at no point in time did I feel like Blade was dated in his costume design or presentation at any point in the movie. Yeah. Chris Christopherson at one point did have some like crazy Jenko jeans on, and yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. oh shit, look at that. Blade did not exhibit any of these. He was very well designed and, and delivered. I think that's a great was, of, that's a great thing about the costuming in this movie is because yeah. literally everyone is pretty across the board, like timeless. Yes. Even in the fucking rave scene, the rave scene itself in the intro is kind of dated itself because rave culture has kind of gone away. It's right. now now if you remade this movie in 2018, they'd be at a fucking festival, right? It's right. the same fucking idea. But even the outfits in that weren't that fucking bad. They were no. which also, by the way, everybody need to let you know. 1990 like five right now is so fucking back in style go to target oh, right yeah. now go to the women's target section it's just the clueless wardrobe it's just that it's that whole thing <laughs> heather was talking about it just this morning yep. um before we get into that scene which i really do want to talk about in detail um i think we should talk about like the quick plot because there's really not a lot to it it's just really simple but basically blade is trying to kill all the vampires because he wants to get revenge for kind of existing essentially and also the vampires kill human beings and he's half human so you know makes sense um he's got a partner in abraham whistler who's played by chris christopherson and the main villain is steven dorf as deacon frost and a there's a couple good lights. 90s villain name by the way yeah yep um there's a couple side characters donna logue is a is a henchman of frost and he's pretty funny in this mm-hmm. film I, I i enjoy him uh he's supposed to be kind of like pretty much hated but yeah. he does a really good job of playing that up um then you got uh in bush right i hopefully i'm saying that correctly um she plays karen and she's a uh phlebotom not a phlebotomist she hematologist. is a hematologist thank you hematologist um african-american woman has her own apartment by herself which like yeah. i mean she's a goddamn not, doctor yeah i know she's a doctor it's great it's just super cool that like they don't make a big deal about it and she's strong she t- stands up for herself she learns how to shoot a gun with no training and yeah. no hesitation um when blade literally blade, there's a point in the movie where blade is literally like you know how to use a gun? She's like, nah, but I can learn fast. And she just picks it up. She's like, uh, yeah. we're doing this now. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. no babysitting at all in this movie. And that's what's great about it. Exactly. Um, and attractive. Yeah. Smart. Well put together. Um, doesn't 
like hesitate when making very difficult decisions in the movie. Anyway, she's great. In fact, I was shocked that she's not in more films. It's kind of, I mean, she works. Don't get me wrong. She's got a filmography that is respectable, but like just nothing huge. And it's kind of sad. Everyone, real quick, everyone, we can touch on this later, but everyone who was cast in this movie works. Mm-hmm. And no one's yeah. in anything other than Chris Christopherson and Wesley Snipes. No one else was in anything. Yep. But And, and like that's you, tragic. Yeah. Well, I guess Donald Logue, he's he's like... He's been he, in some, some comedy sitcoms and shit. Right, right. And then he's been, you know, your your classic Irish, uh, Irish cop and a bunch of stuff, but... Right. Yeah. Um, and basically that's it. Like they're just trying to stop Deacon Frost, the, you know, the evil vampire guy from, um, becoming this blood God called La Magra, which just means the thin person, which is kind of a weird thing, but, but that's about it. And, you know, Blade defeats Deacon as he, after he becomes La Magra with some science. So it's kind of like a mystical versus science theme going on in the film as well. And it kind of ends very abruptly, which is my biggest criticism of the last, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of the film. Because you want more at that point. Like, it's really good. Well, it's because they finally start getting into, like, what the sort of lore around the vampires and how they exist in the world. And, like, that they have this whole culture and all the shit like that. And the last 15 minutes kind of gives you some of it. But also, it's just, like, it's, like, 15 minutes of the blood ritual to make him into La Magra. And then Mm -hmm. a very short fight and it fucking ends. We can talk about it later about how they reshot the whole ending and all that shit, and that's probably why. But yeah, it sucks because I would have loved to see like another full act of this movie. I realize the movie was like two hours long, but I could have used like another fifteen to twenty minutes of them talking about like how vampires fucking operate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which you do a lot of in Blade too. But yes, they do. Um, so let's talk about the opening sequence because I'm going to make an argument here that this opening sequence might be top 10 opening sequences of movies ever. And I think it's highly underrated, especially in the genre. Dude, my D&D, my D&D table a couple years back, my, my first session, it was like my first, or my first campaign. It was probably like five or six sessions in. They got to the end of this dungeon and I had been running out of a book up to about the first half of it before I realized my group was a bunch of assholes and they were like playing D&D as you play D&D, which is going off of every beaten path possible. Uh, so by the end of it, it was it had just become my own thing. And the boss they had to fight at the end of the fucking cavern was in a big stone room uh, with these giant like circular, uh, like concentric circles um, sort of sculpted in bas relief on the walls. And anyway, when they actually go to, they you know, he walks, they walk in and he gives them the villain speech and whatever. But when it's actually time to go down to initiative to combat, fucking Wu-Tang starts playing <laughs> out of these fucking cylindrical or out of these uh, circular engravings in the walls and blood sprays out every round. So they have to take like saves against fucking, you know, falling and slipping in the blood and shit like that. And it was just me straight up lifting the idea of this scene specifically for that encounter because I thought it was so goddamn cool. <laughs> so why don't you tell everybody, like explain the scene, Jake. Okay. So you see uh, uh, a man and a woman, um, right and the the woman's kind of leading this dude into this rave well i guess they i don't really know i don't remember off the top of my head but they show him going through whatever the front for this yeah this rave club is because it's in like a meat packing warehouse mm-hmm. type of thing you know uh you know the little four inch white tile is everywhere um a very low roof and you've got exposed utilities kind of hanging from the ceiling and um it's just everything this whole movie is shot like this but it's kind of shot with that like 
grayish blue haze yeah. filter on everything. It's just what Trent Reznor dreams about at night. Yes, absolutely. Oh, totally. <laughs> so, um, so you've kind of got this, this setup, this cold feel, but there's, you know, there's this rave going on. They come in, everyone's clearly, they're acting like they may be on some sort of hallucinogenic drug or something like that. Everyone's kind of getting into the music. Um, this dude just following this chick around, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, people people are starting to take their clothes off. Girls are dancing with each other. And the girl that's brought this guy in is dancing with this other woman. And Before this happens, they're just saying at this point, we're like balls deep in a Nelly video. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like <laughs> I mean, you can like, honestly, even though, you know, this is a, what, 20 year old movie or whatever, you can kind of feel the, the humidity of the room almost mm-hmm. as you're watching it. And, um, and then all of a sudden... They uh, what? <laughs> they just drop the banner. Well, first the drop of blood falls in the dude's head, who's trying to get to uh, the girl that brought him there, and he's like, "What the fuck is this?" He tastes it, and you're kind of being like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then all of a sudden they drop the banner, bloodbath, and then they fucking release blood from all the sprinkler systems, and it's just chaos at that point. Um, and it just vampires, uh, fucking drenched in blood, hell yeah, getting ready to kill this kid. And then, um, and then you hear what the, I think the lights might come on and then you just hear from the background, it's the day walker. Oh shit. That's Blaine. <laughs> yep. And he I'm... just shows up and he's just like looking at that, that blood covered boy. And he's like, get out of here, kid. Or what? He doesn't say it, but he has that look, you know? And then all hell breaks loose. Yep. You know, great fight sequence. Oh, it's great. Fantastic start to the movie. I, I, I probably wouldn't give it quite as much praise as you have. Um, top 10 all time in cinema is obviously that's, but I would not hesitate to say top 10 modern superhero movie. I mean, it's probably one of the top five, two yeah. or three, maybe even beginnings to a movie. It sets a tone right away. Yeah. We're First not fucking all, around in this movie. Yeah. 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 No fucking around. And it fools you. Cause you're like, I mean, I guess if you, had seen the poster and kind of knew about blade and kind of knew it was vampires. You'd be maybe expecting that to happen, but this is an extremely modern take on vampirism. Well, you know, I think I skipped what they did with at first was they brought blades mom in, which you don't realize at the time. It's just a woman in a hospital. Yeah. Um, and you know, something's happened to her and she's pregnant and, um, they, you know, they're able to extract the child, uh, but she's going to die. Right. Right. And you just go from this like super heavy fucking thing to all of a sudden they're dancing in the club and then it's a huge ass fight scene and Wesley Snipes is just fucking beating people up. It's <laughs> it's a great and he time. He does that he does that cool move where he throws that batarang boomerang thing around and like cuts a whole bunch of dudes up. Oh, and by the way, like vampires don't like just fall over dead and disintegrate. <laughs> yeah, they disintegrate into like ashes and skeletons, which is great. There's just bones yeah. everywhere. Hell yeah horrible cgi though yeah the department that did the cg the okay company that did i'm glad CG we're talking about this already because i have a lot to say it's called flat earth Productions. <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> that should tell you all all you need to know yeah yeah their other uh, claim to fame is mortal Kombat annihilation so well, not even the good mortal Kombat movie yeah as a quick wikipedia uh search would show you i guess technically they they formed the company in order to do the special effects on Xena Princess Warrior. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And Hercules, yeah. Yeah, and Hercules. And this is quite on par with those two yep. shows. Yup. 
yeah, but I forgive it because it's cool. I will tell you this, the vampires exploding in that opening scene and like a lot of those like exploding ashy sulfurous deaths that they suffer. Generally, they're so quick that it's not like it's bad if you stop and look at it, but they it all happens so fast. Not like none of those deaths are drawn out in a really long way. It kind of, the only really bad CGI to me in the movie was at the end. Right. Was with all the, all the weird like blood yeah. shit that was happening. Like beyond that, it was, I thought it was fine. The end was bad. And I actually think so when they're jumping from one building to the next. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's horrible. Oh, and that's yeah. the only time I like came out of the movie. Hey, man, by the way, if you haven't watched The Matrix recently. Yeah. You should rewatch The Matrix. That scene where Trinity is fucking jumping from roof to roof and like jumps through the fucking window and then she lands with both of her guns on her back. You know, it's also very bad. Yeah. It is like it is like fucking comically awful. <laughs> But we love it anyway, because yeah. it's good at the same yeah. time as it's bad. So, yeah. yeah. And then, like, the middle of the movie, like, there's some there's some cool parts to it. You know, Western it's Snipes a, beating it's a up fucking, It's fools. a fucking revenge movie. I mean, it's, it's exactly every revenge Western you ever watched, except it's yeah. Vampires and Blade. Yeah. I actually, I, I think it's refreshing for me it, watching it today for that reason, because they don't waste time getting tripped up trying to trying mm. to trick you too much or give you a big twist ending or I don't have to see blade like as a kid feeding on people and yeah. shit like that. Like, and, and like identify with him as yeah. like, I don't have to see any of that shit. It's your, it's your classic prototypical, you know, superhero action movie, Western plot line of here's the good guy. Let's watch. This is what he can do. Okay. Here's the bad guy. He doesn't like him for this reason. Yep. They're kind of parallels, but in the end, the bad guy wants to take over the world and the good guy's going to stop him. Yep. And that's, and you could just sit back, relax, have a drink, eat some popcorn and enjoy it. Yeah. And I found it really refreshing. Let's talk about the end sequence. So I think that, you know, the beginning sequence is really good. Everything in the middle is exposition, you know, really setting yeah. you up for the end. Um, but fine and, though. It's not, it's not like it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, like we were saying, it's kind of like, generic in its own way but that's kind of doing it a disservice because it's still especially for a movie of its age at this point it's still fine oh yeah. absolutely it just it doesn't waste time going down a parallel path or showing right, flashbacks right. like you said it could have been batman begins and be yeah. two hours and 40 minutes or whatever the hell that movie is but it's it's streamlined and it benefits from it yeah for sure and then you get this end sequence where deacon frost becomes a god essentially and there's some cool parts in that that I really like too, even though there is it's cheesy. So they basically need Blade's blood as part of the ritual. And they use his mom against him because she's a vampire. She didn't die, turns out. Um, which is a total awkward scene of incest mm -hmm. uh, potential. A couple times, actually. And then Blade has to make a choice to bite somebody to get blood from somewhere. And he does it with Karen. Who has been his sidekick the whole movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's already cured herself once of vampirism. She's got to do it again. And then you see the blood drip on these 12, um, what they call uh, nobles, pure, pure yeah. bloods. Yeah. Nobles. They're, born vampires so they're both their parents were vampires and started to have kids for some reason um which this is actually one of the few instances that i know of of natural born vampirism being a thing which is kind of cool so but they don't talk about having a mom and dad 
Mm-hmm. They're not. They don't really talk about them being. They talk about them being born vampires, but they don't really say like your mom and dad were vampires and fucked. Um, so I wonder if it's like a, you know, if you take like the 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 curse, Kane's curse of fucking forever walking the world idea of vampires. I wonder if it's like that type of thing, like they were just born as like these anomalies in the human system, and now they're these cursed people. Or if we can finally answer the age old question: Do vampires fuck? Well, I think we know they fuck. But do they reproduce? Do, that's that's the question, isn't it? Yeah, we all know they fuck for pleasure, but they do. Do yeah. they fuck for purpose? Yeah, I don't know. Udo Kier plays Dragon Netty, who is mm-hmm. the main um, pure blood that they keep looking to as kind of like the representation. And he's a great actor, great character actor. Always kind of plays these like creepy dudes most of the time, like villains and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But I have to say. He's a big pussy in this movie. He lets Deacon Frost yeah, like, dude, push him around. Just, he kind of just takes it, doesn't he? Yeah. It's very disappointing because you're like, dude, you're like thousands of years old and you're letting this like freaking young pup like it's, push you around. It's a weird thing that I think the Underworld movies made better because older vampires seem to have only gotten stronger. And like these sort of, you know, you're more, you're vampire nobles and, and stuff like that. Like They only get more powerful. Whereas in this movie, you've got this guy who is apparently the leader of these great houses and he seems to be at least sits at the heads of the table. He seems to make decisions. Deacon Frost and two chump ass other fucking turned vampires literally just walk this guy out to a beach and let him fucking witness the sunrise and burn alive after ripping his fucking teeth out. And I'm like, dude, either that guy is a colossal bitch or, or everybody else is colossal bitches for fucking drawing any kind of line between natural born vampires and turned vampires. Cause apparently anybody can just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. It's super disappointing because I was like looking at it now. This is why you need to watch Blade 2. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Blade 2 is directed by Guillermo del Toro. It's it's a totally different thing. It's crazy in its own way. It is. And Ron Perlman's mouth is in that whole movie. Yes, it's true. Not just his mouth, his eyes, his glorious hair, everything. His big jaws. Mm-hmm. He looks like a man who crush a walnut. Oh, I was going to talk about... The blood. So the blood drips on their forehead and then out come. Okay. <laughs> Looking at this scene, I'm like torn because half of me loves it and half of me hates it because it's bad CGI. Like we said, however, there's this like cartoony concept that I absolutely adore where they scream and all of a sudden their skin goes away or it's kind of like their mouths open and, and their skin falls away and there's a skeleton revealed. And then outside from that skeleton, their that skeleton mouth opens again and out pops like a winged a, demon. <laughs> a winged demon skeleton. And I am in love with it for some reason. Oh, it was dope as shit. It was dope yeah. as shit. And those fly around Deacon and like are like kind of teasing him. And then all of a sudden they all line up and they all go into him, all 12 or 13 of them at the same time. And give him the powers of La Magra. Bad name still for mm-hmm. this thing. But anyway. And then he fights Blade. And you're like, this doesn't seem to be any different. I mean, he's faster or as fast as Blade. But Deacon Frost should have been as fast as Blade to begin with. Because he's a vampire. And then he gets cut in half. Actually, his hand gets cut off. And it comes back. And then he gets cut in half. And he comes back. And there's that great scene where they zoom in on Blade's face and he mouths, what the what fuck? The fuck? <laughs> it's so good. It's pretty great. 
actually so yeah these cgi is awful but when he so when he cuts him in half and he kind of floats apart and then his blood refuses and pulls his ass back together i was like oh shit that's pretty cool yeah (laughs) it's really fucking cool if the cgi was better it would be a dope fucking move oh yeah yeah have you seen the original version of this oh i have yeah yeah it's uh well it was a screen test so the the other thing is like post production didn't get finished for it, so it's very awful. Uh, but basically, he turns into a whirlwind of blood, which is fine. Also, because earlier in the movie, during the whole exposition second act, they literally show like this is what's gonna happen when I fucking complete the Lomagra ritual, and it's just a big fucking computerized like blood explosion in that chamber, like through shitty vectorized graphics or whatever. So I'm thinking, watching the movie, you would you would be led to think like the dude's gonna turn into a blood whirlwind, right? Yeah, makes sense. The original ending of it was, I don't know, I think it was better, probably, if, if that had been, like, finished in production and put into the movie. I think it probably was a better ending. Uh, but the way it exists on the special features, uh, viewable today, it's in this, like, half-assed, like, instead of Deacon Frost's face being made of blood and, like, having, like, you could tell what they were going to do. It was, like, have, he was going to come out with, like, a big blood CGI face and fucking say things or whatever. Instead, they just literally overlay, like, a green screen of, like, him from his nipples up. Like, and it's just him as Deacon Frost just talking over top of his whirlwind of blood. It's fucking, it's great. It's fantastic. I think that that original sequence would, with today's technology, would work. 100%. Yeah, I'm actually, would really like to see somebody do it. Um, yeah. I mean, all the footage is there, so it's totally doable. Uh, this movie was cut to ribbons to come out and be successful. Uh, there were multiple reshoots, including this whole sequence being redone and made longer. We talk, kind of talked about it. It's like 20 minutes for an ending. It's very long. Yeah. But this movie and this movie was delayed um, a year and six months because of the massive amount of reshoots, which generally speaking is not a good sign. But this movie benefits from all the changes that they made. Yeah, for sure. I, uh. God damn it, dude. I maintain that this is a good movie. Like, it, it's not often that we go back and revisit something, especially something I watched when I was younger, and I can still be like, fuck yeah, this rules. Like, this shit is still good. Like I said, I watched it for the first time this week, and and it wasn't just like, oh, that was fun. No, I actually enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. Hell yeah. Yeah. I, it's a good movie. Absolutely, it's a good movie. Yo, Blade's fucking sword?! Oh, yeah. With that fucking timer click on it, if somebody grabs the sword and doesn't deactivate this little switch on it every fucking time, it will fucking rotate around in a circle. And when it does a full rotation, it shoots fucking spikes out. Yeah, it'll shred people's hands up. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Dude, the weaponry is next level. Which is Chris Christopherson's whole job in the movie. If you tell me there's a fucking world where Chris Christopherson just makes weapons all day, that's the timeline I want to live in. That guy rules. Yeah. Dude's got cancer. He's just sitting there just fucking smelting fucking uh, silver the whole time. As a teenager, I listened to Chris to Chris Christopherson music yeah. because the second Blade movie came out. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's also a, he's also a musician. By the way, don't fucking dig his music at all. But Blade <laughs> made me listen to it. Yep. He's amazing in this film. Yeah. He plays this embittered asshole with a heart of gold that makes guns. And hates vampires, and you're just like, yeah, sure, buy it, 100%. Yep. I'm in. 
I love the idea that he and Blade travel city to city too. Yes. I missed that when I was a kid and, and like it was, you know, on a rewatch many, many years ago when I figured it out when I finally caught that detail. But like Chris Christopherson and Wesley Snipes traveling city to city just murdering people. I, they don't even have to be vampires. I still I'd still watch it. Yeah. It makes you want to watch more. Like it makes it makes you want the sequel. I remember when at the end, you know, it's kind of abrupt where Blade's like, "Well, uh, you're gonna have to give me a new serum, and we're just gonna kick some more vampire ass." It's like, okay, well, show me that. Yeah, please. And then the the end, the end move, the end, very, very, very end of the movie shows him in fucking Moscow. Yeah. And there's like this vampire yeah. dude courting this woman or whatever, and then he goes to pin her up and drink her blood, and fucking Blade shows up speaking Russian like, "Not today, fool." It's yeah. amazing. Oh, it's great. I cheered at that fucking scene again yeah. the other day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. I mean, I actually appreciate that. You know, they didn't. They did. Obviously, they tee it up perfectly to just continue the story, mm-hmm. but they don't they don't bind you in one direction. You know, it's not like a modern Mar- Marvel movie where you see like the after credit sequence yeah, and you're like, yeah. now yeah. I know how the next movie is going to yeah. start or now I know no, 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 what no, the no. next. This was like a this was like just a day in the life. It was like a um like a problem of the week situation. Yeah. For Blade. This is, this is like this is just what he's doing this week. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Yeah. Also, I like that they don't necessarily resolve the sexual tension between um between blade and karen they mm-hmm. they kind of now have very separate they've had separate roles the whole time but they are more defined now at the end and that's when you want to see them you think they're gonna hug and kiss and be like oh they're gonna like mm-hmm. you know right fuck up my, yeah. yeah no they're gonna go fuck vampires up together and that's not what happens at all it's like yo just hook me up with some more serum i'm gonna go kill more of these motherfuckers and we're gonna get to the end of this blade has a mission he is driven if anything, you can say um, they hint at it and they do show him meditating. But you get this picture that this character is a lot deeper than you're being shown. And that's what's really cool about it, because they don't have to explain it. Yeah. Like we were saying, there, there, there's exposition in this movie, but a lot of it's left left up to your imagination where they just show you something. And it's like, here, Blade has a shrine. Blade meditates. Blade keeps six silver bullets on a line to remind him of his mission. And he will he takes them in the end sequence. That's kind of like, I'm done. Right. I'm gonna make a big he cuts that garlic plant, you know, yeah. as kind of a symbol of like, I'm going all in. No regrets, nothing to leave behind. This is this could be the end for me. That's always a cool moment in like uh in the the solo like adventurer's story right like when when the guy when the guy is going in for what might be the last fucking fight but he's doing it on principle alone that's always a cool thing yeah like i said they do that a lot in westerns it's like a major trope in western movies and i i'm here for it yeah Uh, to me i and i can't remember exactly how it plays out it's in one of the two live action ninja turtle movies one of the i I, i'm assuming it's raf is sitting there with um with uh splinter in the like in their fortress or whatever Mm -hmm. and they're you know he's trying to tell him to meditate and all of his all of his brothers are out fighting without him it's it it gives me that kind of feel where he like he puts everything aside he comes to this like single resolution and then he's like i'm gonna go do this i might not come back but i'm sure Mm -hmm. as hell gonna just gonna end this one way or the other and blade like Raphael, is fueled by hate which i appreciate a lot oh yeah absolutely oh yeah definitely um, 
Should we talk about Wesley Snipes now? It's never a bad time to talk about him, really. I mean, unless you're like a, I don't know, like a tax uh, uh, convention attorney. Yeah. 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 Poor guy. It just really sucks. Like, it really sucks when you commit a crime of that level or, or you're suspected of doing so or anything else, but, like, you're a famous person and you just become known for a money problem. Like, MC <laughs> Hammer. Like, everybody, like, nobody ever talks about how MC Hammer was actually pretty fucking dope. Everybody just talks about how the, how he went bankrupt. Yeah, he had the baggy he had the baggy pants and he went bankrupt. Right. That sucks. That, that, we reduced that, whole, that man's whole career to that. A yeah. man who, like, cares so much about the crew and the families of the crew that he paid them far too much money. And ended up going bankrupt. You're talking about yeah. MC Hammer. Like yeah. he gave everybody a job, right? And he kept he put his people anyone. up, man. Yeah. And all they can remember is that he went bankrupt and of sold his house. I mean, come on, that sucks. Yeah. Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Snipes he was a he got big after Major League, and then didn't come back from Major League Two. That was kind of a bit. Well, insulting to the rest of the cast. They've all kind of said that that kind of was like, wow, dude, like you can't even be bothered to like come back for the sequel. We're all doing it. Right. They're paying us. It kind of owe your fame to to this movie franchise, but whatever. His choice. Um, He starred in a few movies after that. Um, New Jack City, Sugar Hill, Mo Better Blues, King of New York. White Man Can't Jump. White Man Can't Jump, mm-hmm. U.S. Mm-hmm. Marshals, um, yeah. Tu Wong Fu, which is a great movie, yeah. but like a huge departure for him. Absolutely. That's uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. This guy had no qualms with going out on a limb. Right. You know? Right. I, get, I don't know. Wesley Snipes does seem like the type of guy where he's like, if you pay me enough, I'll do whatever. <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I'm of two minds on him because on the one hand, I highly respect him for that reason. Like the dude takes risks. He puts himself out there. He puts all of himself into things. However, when you get into like the ego part, there's a lot of bad stories about Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Pretty much anytime you hear about someone who has worked with Wesley Snipes, they generally say it was not a favorable experience. I would argue that Wesley Snipes is the yin to the Terry Crews Yang. (gasps) Oh, Ooh. That's a great Ooh. take. Right How you like there. that? How you like that? How tall is Wesley Snipes? He's a short I th- man. I feel like I feel like five foot nine. How how the hell do they make this dude look like he's about seven two and like three fifty? <laughs> he looks like the goddamn Big Show this right? entire movie, except that the Big Show was actually in shape. Oh shit! I called. He's five nine, dude. Everyone's yeah. five nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But no, that was a good call. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to shit on you. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's actually crazy sh- to me that Dolph Lundgren is only six foot five. Yeah, because oh, he, he's a he, huge man. Yeah, but I mean, and I say only six foot five. That is much taller than me. But I just feel like I feel like he should be. I pictured him for like six nine. Yeah. So I the, to answer your question, they do shoot him from below. That's how they do it. It's constantly up angles, but not like too low. They just get like a good ten degrees. Yeah, and it makes it just Tom Cruise him. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, totally. yeah, but I mean, his the man's chest is is as wide as um as our boy. Uh, now I'm gonna blank on his fucking name. Oh no, who's your wide boy? 
Adam Driver? Yeah, he's yeah. his chest is wider than Adam Driver's <laughs> waist. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, it's ridiculous. He said, "Who's your wide boy?" <laughs> you know. Well, part of that's costuming, but I mean, Wesley Snipes was like ripped for this movie. Oh, I mean, he's yeah. a martial artist. Um he did most of his own stunts. Like Yep. Yep. That's crazy. I mean, the stunts for this movie are very impressive. Mhm. Yeah, it had it definitely had that uh Ung Bak hasn't come out yet martial arts vibe that that 90s martial arts movie vibe where like it was more visceral than most other martial arts movies but we hadn't had like the Bourne movies or Ong Bak or any of that kind of shit to get that really absolutely brutal like bone snapping realistic type shit but that was good he kicks a lot of people with that front kick that like mm-hmm. that straight up just front kick in the chest and he looks like a person with those boots on I imagine he could turn a person's chest to mush oh yeah Oh, yeah, he's breaking some ribs with that front kick, for sure. That's just um, dope. He punches a lot of people in the face, a lot of, a lot of throat ripping, too. Hell yeah. Which yep. I, I highly respect. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't shy away from the groin in this movie, either. No. You gotta fight dirty, man. There's no yeah. rules in real fights. Nah, man. If you're gonna fight, you gotta fight. This isn't the UFC. Yeah. You gotta tear he, some balls out. He Henry was Rollins also... did it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, he was also a producer on this film. So he had like financial investment. Um, originally he wasn't going to play uh blade. He was actually looking to play black Panther. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. I mean, black Panther came out like, last year. Yeah. But they spent like, well, it was like a year or two in pre-production on that movie. Right. Like they, they oh, were they had, doing shit with that movie. Yeah, multiple scripts. They had mm-hmm. a, they had a director on board from what I was reading. It just got to the point where, to get their vision of Wakanda, it just mm-hmm. wasn't going to work with their existing technology, you know, without going over the top with budget. Yeah. It's like an Avatar type thing. They had to wait for everything to catch up. Right. Although it was better. Star Wars prequel story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Well, Star Wars prequel, they had to wait for uh, uh, Star Chaser to come out so they could steal all the ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> a call back to our uh, Star Chaser, the Legend of Orn episode. Uh, if you so choose to listen to that monster. Yo, Anakin the, Skywalker um, just killed a bunch of kids. That shit yeah. was fucking tight, dude. I'm telling you, I, I stand by it. The <laughs> prequels are not as bad as everyone says. They yeah, are. Yeah. That's not where Except, I thought you were going with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember. I know, dude. I, no, fuck this. Hold on. Fuck Blade for a second. I remember being like, seriously, it was like the day that episode three came out. I went to go see it with my girlfriend at the time. And uh, I remember coming out of that theater and just yelling, like, excited Alex screaming about how Anakin Skywalker walked in that temple and murdered a bunch of kids. That movie was fucking cool. People don't give episode three enough credit, yeah. man. Episode, they shit on the, on the prequels. Episode three is a fucking good movie. The problem is episode two was so bad. And Hayden Christensen just didn't have the face to be the cold-blooded killer. <sighs> no. He didn't have the anything except the yeah. height. Yeah, the height. Yeah, he had decent hair. Yeah. 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 Was Wesley Snipes in prison when Bla- or when um, Black Panther came out? No, he was back. Yeah. yeah. Was Man, that's there. a bummer because I really think there's a place for him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not necessarily as Blade, but like yeah. he could be a major player in the Black Panther mythos. He doesn't have to be like Black Panther, but he fits very yeah. well. Well, I get. I think. I think he's just committed total career suicide by being an asshole on set too much. I mean, the the story behind Blade Trinity, especially. I I yeah. don't think anyone will ever work with him again. Yeah, and 
yeah, I don't, I don't know anything other than what I read the other day about it. But, um, there, I did read an article where he, uh, sat down and did an interview about, uh, Black Panther and potentially being in the Marvel universe going forward. Of course he's open to it. You know, why wouldn't he be? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I agree with you. I mean, he, he could have a serious role in, in a follow-up or do a cameo or something, um, or hell, they could reboot this movie. Oh um, my God. And he could still play Blade. Oh, and... totally. Dude. Like, yeah. Dude, he's only like 56. Like that's the, I, I expected Wesley Snipes to be like 80. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Well, cause Wesley Snipes seemed like an adult ass adult when I was a kid. Yeah. So to me, that means he's like 90 years old. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's like, like, I found out, I thought Kate Beckinsale, who I've had the hots for since fucking underworld. And I, th- I literally thought she was like in her fifties. She's like 44. Yeah. She's like, she's like not much fucking older than I am. Yep. She is what we would call attainable. No. What to who? <laughs> to you. No. To the average person. I mean, like she's in the age range where it's not weird is my point. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. I thought you, you meant, I thought you hypothetically, meant Hypothetically. Like, I thought you meant literally. Yeah. I was like, bro. <laughs> Damn, no, I thanks, think she's dude. married. No, no. You have no the, chance. The, I, the, I don't think that's the only thing stopping that, but. Yeah. Hey, I applaud the confidence. Yeah, I mean, dude, you got to be confident. That's how it works out. That's how you get things to happen. I think her personality wouldn't work for me, though. How do you know? She's she's really, like, centered and, like, hyper-focused on, like, fitness and yoga and shit like that. And I just, I can't live that life. Yeah, you're way too, she's way more driven than you, I think. Oh, I think everyone is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's how that Uh, goes. Let's talk about something. I kind of touched on it earlier that that was really cool about this movie. There's a lot of different kind of people in this movie. There's Chinese vampires. There are yeah. Jamaican vampires. There are fat, obese vampires. Dude, that guy. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That was a shock to the system when I saw him for the first time. That part, I'll tell you right now, the novelization of the movie Blade. Did they describe the smell? Yeah, they talk. They talk about how foul he is across the board, yeah. and it was. I I still remember that, and it yeah. was very good. I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna track down a copy of that while we're talking. I maybe just need to own that book. You might. It's probably you probably get it used for like fifty cents or something. That's, like what, that. that's what I'm talking about. Although you know what's funny is what's up, Jeff so, Bezos send me Blade. <laughs> <laughs> the so we're talking about um, Flat Earth does a just god awful job in this. Uh, well, I, at the time they did a perfectly fine job, but it just doesn't hold up. But Real, real quick, Alex has found something, but uh, uh, the the practical effects, though, like, actually really good and stand out as kind of like a gem in this, I think. And Especially, the prop design. The prop design is great. It's, it's very, like, occultish, mid-90s, like, everything's, like, black slate and the fucking ridiculous, like, high-back chairs. Um, but, you know what it makes but, me like, think of is... Everything looks like a Godsmack video. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Godsmack. Hey, did you know he he's all, he, I know he's a lead singer, but you know he can also play the drums. <laughs> That's why Godsmack's really cool because they took their name from an Alice in Chains song and then didn't then told everybody they totally didn't. Yeah. The fuck out of here, Sully Erna. Hey, I like Godsmack for like a minute. Yeah. Everyone they, did for a minute. Yeah. Every fucking every drunk dude who just enrolled in the army and, and so that he could buy oh. a fucking so he could buy a ford mustang has sung fucking voodoo at thank a karaoke you. bar thank mm-hmm. you every one of them yeah but 
what I was gonna say is the the bur- <laughs> just blood just breeze over that shit. Uh, the uh, the the burnt flesh in uh-huh. this the, oh between oh, between yeah. the fat guy and between um Quinn earlier in the movie. Uh, fantastic! Like when Quinn's burnt up in the hospital, like dude, that's actually like pretty legit, and you could do that today, and I I think you'd have a hard time topping it. I agree. It stands the test of time. Um, including the, like when he gets his arm or hand cut off and grows mm-hmm. back and it's all like, bleh, 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 bleh. oh man, yeah. it's, it's really good. So eBay has no listings for the blade novelization. Amazon has them, has a listing for the blade Trinity novelization for 30 fucking dollars. Wow. So That's... shout out to Wesley Snipes. If you're listening, send me a copy of that book. I'll pay as much as whatever it costs you to ship it here. Bro, I just found it for $2.07. Um, okay. Send me that link. Okay, will do. Is it on Amazon? Yeah. Watch this one button buy happen live. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sound of one click purchase. Yeah, you think I'm fucking around. <laughs> Somebody vamp while I buy this vampire book. <laughs> so, I think we're like kind of i mean how much more can we like love this movie it's very very hard to even keep talking about it for me because it's like go see it if you haven't seen this movie and you like action movies or vampire movies don't see blade trinity like there's a lot of white people in blade trinity that there's like i guess that was kind of where i was going with the representation hey, caleb it's very tough to be a white man in america right now <laughs> christ almighty <laughs> That, that, by the way, is for talking about Donald Trump's dick last time I was on. That's payback. <laughs> Thanks. Um, my point with that is is Wesley Snipes complained about, um, not the second movie so much, but the third movie, in that, like, he's like, dude, there's a whole bunch of white people around here, and, like, Blade's not about that. Blade's about everybody. Mm-hmm. And... Also, Blade does almost nothing in Trinity. Literally, uh, right. fucking he is he is like a background character in that movie. Yeah, I think that. And, and while there are a lot of complaints that the Wesley Snipes made about the production of that film that are completely unfounded um, and just kind of petty, like that's a legit complaint. That I think that the the reasons the sequels weren't as successful um, too is okay, but. I think they lost that. And this movie really captures it where it's like, this is the real world. Like it feels real. There Mm -hmm. are multiple different people. They're in a big city. Like there's not a whole bunch of just one kind of person, like pretty white people. Um, And then you get into the further, further movies and these bigger actors who are just pretty looking people are killing vampires. And the thing that makes blade cool is it's gritty and dirty and in the gutter and Blade is super clean cut, you know, don't get me wrong, he's well dressed, but he's the shining light of that. Like he's the one person mm-hmm. who's like that. And everybody else is just normal Joes. And so you get like Jessica Beal and and Ryan Reynolds, who I both love, they just feel out of place. Like it becomes something else. Yeah, but Jessica Beale listens to an iPod in the movie. She does. Yeah. So there's um there was that. Uh the second movie didn't carry as I, so the reason I bring this up, I think the first movie is the best of the trilogy, like by Easily. far. Yeah. And 
I think that it holds up the best, even though it does have some spotty CG. But like when you look at Blade Two, I think Blade Two is still a fine movie. Like it's still it's, it's, it's quantify it however you want. It's a good vampire movie. It's a good action movie. It's a good comic book character movie. I guess we want to call it that. Like it's it's kind of okay across the board. It but does the is, very interesting things. Right, and in Blade Two, the, the the one thing that really gets me every time is the fighting sucks. The fucking martial arts in that movie are like over the top, like stretched out kind of far out views of like blade doing like fucking like triple front flips and then slashing a guy and shit and it's all very obvious cg and it just looks like it it it's just bad i like seeing blade deep in the shit like elbowing people in the neck you know what i mean like that that's what i want i don't need blade doing anime flips i need blade stomping a mud hole in a dude because yeah the, <clears throat> when you fucking hate somebody the way blade hates vampires you're not wasting extra energy on doing a triple front flip because that's valuable time. You could kill like six more vampires. Yeah. The real bummer about this to me um, is a, like you were saying, this movie is better than any of the other ones. You don't need to see them. But also like there was a tie-in to Morbius, living vampire in the original ending in the one that they cut. In the one that they cut, there's a scene where at the end, some guy like kind of is like crouching on a parapet of a roof. And then he stands up and you can't see who he is. And that was supposed to be Morbius. The problem was, is shortly, I think either after the release or like during the production, um, Sony acquired the rights to Spider-Man. And Morbius is technically a Spider-Man Spider villain. And so they, New Line, who was, I believe, the production company on this or the, the uh, publisher, couldn't get the rights. And... This is a this is a fucking weird thing because like there had this is the first like um Marvel superhero movie. Yeah. Like the, like this is the first one that entered theaters. There there was like a Hulk and Thor movie I think or something like no, that. No, no, it was um Captain America and Punisher technically. Yep, there yep, there you go. Um but this was like the first fucking mainstream ass big deal like here's a fucking and no it, the thing is there's no, there's no other characters hinted at except in the original ending of this thing that didn't even really fucking happen. There's no greater Marvel. No, he doesn't like fucking mention the fucking Avengers being around or any of that shit. He's just out there doing Blade shit. The only time it's even brought up is in the fucking opening credit that says based on a fucking Marvel character. It's insane to me because the fucked up part about the Marvel properties is that around this time, Sony buys Spider-Man, Fox gets the fucking rights to make X-Men movies. Imagine, imagine a world in which we didn't fucking have to deal with those those fox ass x-men movies like i'll take wolverine and hugh jackman i'll take it that's fine you know who i never needed to see was like fucking fraser playing beast oh my god get the fuck out of here dude beast is supposed to be a big nasty gorilla man he's not fucking fraser i cannot wait for fox to eventually either lose the license or just like let marvel take over and let's reboot the x-men completely like i need good x-men movies if fox i'm not look i'm not i'm not i'm not even up on the movie industry at all and i'm definitely no like no sort of fucking analyst but i'm just saying if fox said hey marvel make these movies and we're literally going to take two percent of the profit it would be fucking worth their time it would make so much money it makes so much money yeah just i mean look at what happened with spider-man right i mean i think that's proof alone you got to remember at this time, Marvel is going through bankruptcy, mm-hmm. you know, because of all their flops, their, their, uh, their comics are bombing. Oh, well, you tell me mutant babies or whatever the fuck it was yeah, called. Right. Wasn't good. People yeah. didn't like that. <laughs> uh, you know, not, nothing is going right for them. And so I really think 
this is their only hope to dig out of the hole is yeah. to license their shit out to people who know how to make movies, who have access to multiple different A-list actors to cast in these movies. And yeah, it, it, it gave us Blade, which is a great movie and kind of is the one thing that set everything else up. But at the same time, it, it kind of hurt him just as much mm-hmm. because because we got x-men 3 out of it we got exactly. x3 and it's fucking spider-man 3 and yeah. oh, all that fuck. stupid shit and i'm offended that you reminded me of spider-man 3 that's upsetting <laughs> can i admit something to you guys we got hot kirsten dunst though for a little bit there that was good yeah what, what's what's that we what have to admit uh spider-man 3 was the only of the original spider-man movies i saw in the theater wow okay. And it was it was simply because Venom was in the movie. Yeah, um, I remember being real fucking hype. Yep. But about twenty minutes into that movie, I was like, "Oh, it's a joke. Mm-hmm. It's a joke, isn't it?" Yeah, this is this is someone someone should lose their job over this. Yeah. Topher Grace was a horrible choice. Just gonna say. I don't know, man. Yeah, you're yeah yeah you're probably right. Tom Hardy though, good choice. Haven't seen it yet, but anyway. Anything else we want to say? Anything else we didn't cover? You feel Yo, like vampires fucking them? rule, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they do. This is my They're fucking time. This is my time of the year. This is vampire month, baby. It's fucking October. Dude, this got me super excited for Halloween number one. And just <laughs> super excited to go back and watch a bunch of fucking vampire and scary movies and shit like that. Like, this is going to linger into, like, late November and December for me. I can yeah. feel it. Fuck yeah, yeah dude. I, Thanksgiving's not even a real holiday to me. Like, I don't even... I don't... I eat like it's Thanksgiving like three times a week. That's what I'm saying. So. <laughs> fuck them, dude. Thanksgiving is the Thursday of holidays. So much so that it falls on a fucking Thursday every time. Like, fuck, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Thanksgiving is just waiting. It's it's the last day you have to work before you get Christmas. Like, fuck that shit. Christmas is Friday and it rules. New Year's is Saturday when you drink. Thanksgiving is Thursday and it sucks dick. Yeah. Halloween is a dope ass Tuesday night party where you get a little too drunk and go to the office the next day still kind of drunk. I like that. Solid. Checks out. Not gonna lie. Well, with that, I think we gotta we gotta head out, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, next episode is going to be interview with the vampire, and I am looking forward to that for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna talk about more vampires. Number one, always good. Yeah. Um, if you want to listen to us, you can find us on iTunes. Um, we are on GeekSquash.com. We kind of own that website. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us at Geek Squatch Pod. Uh, music is by Speaker Freaks. Um, they actually have a new album coming out sometime in the next couple months. So they had like a small like, EP, and then a full album is in the works. So if you're into what you heard in the beginning, you can find something like it coming out soon. Maybe download it's- their shit. Give them money. They rule. They do. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at it resolves. You can follow Alex on Twitter at W a Hirsch. Um, Oh, give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Five, four, zero, six, nine, two, nine, one, six, five. We want to hear your voice. We want to talk about your feelings on vampires. Do you like them? Are you more of a zombie person? I don't know why you would be, but you know, maybe you are. Yeah, I'm done with zombie shit, by the way. I've been done with zombie shit for like 10 years now. It's, it's I saw the walking dead is around again mm-hmm. and I am shocked. Like I think it's the last totally season. Shocked. Is you know, it? I yeah. really 
that's probably smart. And you know, Lord Fishburne almost played Wesley or almost played uh, Blade. Yes, he did. Yeah, you know, fucking Jet Li almost played Deacon Frost. That'd yeah, that would be dope horrible. horrible. What? Horrible. Well, I, uh, yeah, action would have gone up. Yes. I mean, it would have been much action, more action. Action up, acting down. Yes, because this dude not only gets you on his side, but at the same time, you're like, dude, he's kind of a dick, mm-hmm. but I'm with him a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. I would try to do this too. Yeah. <laughs> it's really what wins me over is ripping the fucking fangs out and throwing them on the table. Disrespect. Like, yeah, I like it. Yeah. He's got style. Yeah, for sure. He's got that fucking crazy ass, like, coked out 90s hair. Yo, he's yeah. got that fucking whole white room with a fucking sarcophagus that's like fucking yeah. air. I forgot all about. Yo, all right, so we're doing another hour on Blade real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to point out that uh, Stephen Dorff needs to get more work. Um, like, he's in stuff. He's working. Dude, He. that's what I'm saying. This dude is working. He's got films coming out last year, this year, next year. Like... Alex is scrolling through his shit right now. He's got something almost every year since this movie. None of it's anything anyone's ever heard of. Yeah, in the only he has, one, a, he has a movie coming out called Lifeboat, Caleb. Yeah, I know. Uh, I am a producer on the Lifeboat podcast. You can find that um, coming soon. To, it's on Ninja Pancake, but um, you can find us on uh, Feed Burner. If you type in the Lifeboat podcast, you can find it there. Um, one last thing before we go, and this might get cut out, but... He's in Immortals, which is actually, I think, an underrated action movie um, when all that Greek stuff was really popular. Oh, yeah. That was a cool face. Yeah. I liked it. That was like Scorpion King shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Godsmack. Mm Mm-hmm. I stand alone. Stand alone. It's really criminal what they did to The Rock in that music video. They made him into that giant CG Scorpion man. Oh yeah, yeah. It was they didn't sh- just show the rock giving the people's eyebrow the entire time. No, that'd be cool. I'd watch that movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen that movie. <laughs> it's called the Rundown. <laughs> it's called the Rundown. <laughs> it's called his first five movies. That's it. You stop it then. <laughs>